Okay, it's Sunday, July 23rd, Words of Life Sunday School, and we're still learning about the power of your words in your life. And last week we started about the renewal of the mind. So what we're doing right now is uh, seeing what the Bible says about the renewal of your mind. And, um, you know, this is the foundation. What does the Bible say about renewing your mind? And it's telling us that it's possible. And I'm thinking that we are actually in the process of renewing our minds right now. Every time we read these scriptures, we are building up our faith and our belief that, yes, we can change. We can change the way we think, talk, and act. And our minds can be reprogrammed and renewed. And um, we will have, through this process, a good report. And uh, we will be able to sail through the difficulties that are thrown at us, things that come, come our way. And uh, through our words, we can change our circumstances and turn them into victories. So, um, let me just make a comment. At, we read First uh, Peter 5, verses 8, 8 through 10 last week, and that's about being self-controlled and being alert. And we can do that. Uh, the enemy, this devil, prowls around like a, ro like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But we can resist him and stand firm in the faith. Um, at first, and at times of stress, it may be difficult to change our thoughts and words, but through diligence, perseverance, and God's grace, we can make a change, and it will become easier to say what is appropriate and right in all circumstances. And then we finished up last week uh, with two verses that say the same thing, and this is what we have to do. From Matthew 6, 33, and Luke 12, verse 31. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So we need to know where to put our focus at. We need to know who we belong to. We need to pattern ourselves after Jesus, follow the word of God, listen to the Holy Spirit. And when we seek his kingdom and put his kingdom, his will, and his purposes first, in our own lives, then everything else will start to line up. And we talk that way, we act that way, and um, you, you can see a definite difference in the way life goes for you. Now today we're going to start with John chapter 11, verses 40 to 42. Okay. Ryan, do you have that there? Yeah. 40 through 42? Mm-hmm. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Okay. So, uh, Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus, and uh, now Jesus has the perfect faith. He's perfect, he's unblemished. Um, you know, things will be, would, were thrown at him, situations, crises, tragedies, circumstances, but he had perfect faith. And we're uh, made in the image of God. Uh, we're not divine, we're not perfect, but we can pattern ourselves after Jesus. And if we know and truly believe in our hearts and speak out God's words, uh, then we come to find that there is actually resurrection power in our words. Jesus had resurrection power when he told Lazarus to come out of the tomb. Now, um, the, re one, the reason that he spoke those words out loud, very loud, was so other people would also hear it. And so he was an influence on the faith of other people. Uh, so likewise, we speak out words we hear them ourselves, which, you know, continues to build our own faith, but it also sets the circumstances around us. It, it changes and charges the atmosphere around us when we speak them out loud. And, you know, people may be influenced by our positive words. Um, we, I have three... Uh, Three more uh, re scripture references here, where it says, Jesus said that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved and will have the same anointing power in and through his name. So let's go to Matthew 28. Okay, that's Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Okay. Jesus approached and, breaking the sign, said to them, All authority, all power of the rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the days, close in cons con consumption of the age. Amen. Okay. So, uh, he broke the silence with his spoken word. Spoke it out. And... He's a point. All authority. All authority and power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he made that announcement that he has all the power and authority. Not, uh, not just up in heaven as the son of God, but he has it in earth as the son of man. And then he tells uh, the disciples, <coughs> you also go. You also go and speak out the gospel. You go and speak out the good news and make disciples of other people. And you can go and baptize them 
in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'm, I'm delegating all of you who are my followers to go do the same thing that I do, and I'm giving you my name that contains all the authority in heaven and earth, and I'm giving you all the power. I'm enduing you with the power and authority and the anointing to do, to do this. Um, <clears throat> so uh, he's giving us power to change the world, both our individual circumstances and the world with what we say. And, um, you know, this all filters down into our everyday life. It's not all high and holy, but it's the little things from day to day, the little things we say and do that can uplift and encourage other people or tear them down. Um, we can take a bad circumstance and suddenly turn it around with the words that come out of our mouths. And he says he's with us all the time, perpetually, uniformly, on every occasion, and to the very end of this age, but this age flows into eternity. My Bible has a very interesting section here based on your verse 19. And it says, sharing our faith, why? There are six compelling reasons. Because God has commanded us to do so, the final words of Jesus while on earth, and also the Bible speak concerning this, because it demonstrates our love for God. Christ said that if we truly loved him, we would keep his commandments, because all are lost, because our sharing is God's chosen method to tell all people. He could have used angels, but he didn't. Only redeemed sinners can tell lost sinners about Christ, because God desires to save all people, and because someone once shared his faith with us, it may have been a faithful Bible teacher, a godly pastor, or a praying parent. In other words, they have to right to expect that we will do for others what they have done for us. And I think this ties in directly with this commandment to have the authority to be able to talk about it. Because it's only when you hear somebody that's been through it already do you really begin to realize it could be open to you too. giving testimony mm -hmm. yes. and if it's someone that you really uh, know that has integrity you're gonna you're gonna listen to that testimony and it may open up a door yeah. mm -hmm. because you know now if, you, if if someone's giving a testimony and their life isn't showing and lining up with a godly way of living you're not going to be as apt to listen to their testimony but when you line up your speech your thoughts your speech and your actions then mm -hmm. you're going to have a, a, an influence a positive influence that's right yeah, yeah these ver it's just amazing how all these verses tie up in one way or another yeah. well i like the fact that it said jesus approached and breaking the silence yeah. Somehow, how often do we not break the silence for fear of speaking too boldly to some people? And I just think that that's just a neat way of him saying, I'm breaking the silence, you know. Yeah. You've been silent too long. Mm -hmm. We now need to be bold and 
use this power, though he's giving us. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, if you look at 17, you know, some doubt it. Yeah. Some doubt it. So mm -hmm. he broke the silence. Some were doubtful. And yes. gave a positive affirmation to them. Mm -hmm. And we can do that. I mean, it by the leading of the Holy Spirit. But it's neat that, I mean, he would he could have just said Jesus approached them and said to them. <coughs> but the fact that there were doubters, then he broke that silence of their doubt, I guess you'd say, or their closed mouth. He said, here, speak. Yeah, you know, sometimes people are in sad circumstances and don't know what to say. Sure. But by the leading of the Holy Spirit, we are given the, the words from Scripture. And we can break that silence and give them something that gives them hope. Yes. <clears throat> so the power of our words is not just for ourselves, although, you know, we should be using them for ourselves, but we should use them for others. Now, here's another one. Mark... 16. There are so many ways and so many aspects to all of these verses that, you know, I don't mind, you know, we, we just need to take as long as it takes to, to uh, walk through these verses and uh, get the full Juice them out. Just put them on that juicer and get all that good juice out of them. Yes. Stop. Drink it down. <laughs> okay, Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. Okay, Taylor, 15 through 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who is disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So this is just, you know, even expanding it, you know. He's telling us, go into the world, preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. That's the Amplified. <laughs> so, um, Again, the baptism yeah. is, is stressed. Baptism and we'll be able to perform what the world thinks are miracles. But you know, when you want, when you live in the spiritual realm, when you get to understand <coughs> the spiritual realm, uh, we are to think like uh, the way God originally created us is to have the supernatural as part of our natural everyday life. We are to flow in the supernatural, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it shouldn't be quite as surprising to us that God can do all that he does. Whereas the world sees it as a miracle. Yeah, it's not possible in human circumstances, but it is possible with God. So um, 
we could start to line up with this. And uh, here, you know, 18 just even takes that, you know, to the other level, you know. We'll be so safe and secure that if, if uh, there'd be a snake there on the ground that's a poisonous snake, it'll slither away from us. We could pick it up and it wouldn't bite us. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not supposed to do stupid things as a human and purposely pick it up with, you know, the snake handlers and all of that. Uh, there are some cults out there that, you know, took this verse out of context. But God will protect us when we are doing his will and purpose. And um, we can lay hands on the sick and speak the word of God over, the, over those people. And uh, people, we can see people healed. And we've all, we've experienced that personally. Multiple healings with laying on of hands. So uh, there is a lot of power in that spoken word when you're speaking the word of God. Okay, and then the other one I have here is John 14. It's a wonderful thing when you can lay hands on yourself or on someone other person and see the healing come from that and not have to go to a doctor. <laughs> you know? yes. God is the best health care plan there is. Yeah. And that's through our words and our action, that laying on of the hand. Um, the standing on your full faith. You have to pick it up. Uh, yeah. John 14, verse 12. In fact, we'll just add verse 13 onto that. 13. Yeah, let's do 12 through 14. I like that better. Okay. Might as well. The, first, the verse 12 was specifically what we were looking at here, but just add that on. Because it's good. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these, because I go to the Father. <coughs> and I will do, I myself will grant, whatever you ask in my name, as represented all that I am, so that the Father may be glorified and exalted in the Son. Yes, I will grant, I myself will do for you whatever you shall ask in my name as expressed all that I am. Okay. Yahweh. Um, some people have a little difficulty understanding verse 12. If you have true faith in your heart and in your mind and you fully expect the, word, the living word to come to pass, and you stand on that word and you speak that word. You have that confident expectation. Then whatever you ask that lines up with God's word will come to pass. Okay. And until you actually do what this verse says you may have difficulty believing it but once you step out of your comfort zone and start declaring and praying and speaking the word of god and you start seeing things 
come to pass in your own life, that's when you build your own testimony. And that makes it a little bit easier as you step out each time. Now, this part about he will do even greater things than these. Okay, we can do greater things. People say, well, I could never do greater things than Jesus. People have trouble with that idea. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. Um, Jesus preached and performed miracles just in his own territory. A lot of it was uh, centered around Capernaum. So he was kind of limited back in those days, functioning as a man and doing as a man would do on this earth. So there were some limitations there as to time and travel and, and all of that. However, first of all, we have advanced technology and we can go into all the world. We can do greater numbers going into all the world. There are crusades where a million people will show up, like especially in Africa where you have um, uh, uh, Reinhardt Bonnke would go to Africa and he'd have more than a million people show up for his week-long crusades. And he'd have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of souls saved. Well, you know, Jesus would have, you know, a crowd of 15,000 and, you know, a, thousand, a couple thousand could be saved at that time. But, you know, Reinhard Bunke goes into Africa and, you know, hundreds of thousands in a week. Yeah, we have the internet, you know, and the satellite coverage, you know, all the social media. Uh, we had the ability to travel here and there pretty quickly by plane. Uh, so we can reach bigger numbers. So that's a greater thing than what Jesus was able to do with his uh, um, get-togethers. Um, there are people who have called the dead back to life. And there have been people translated from here to there in parts of the world. Um, and all of this is because Jesus died, gave us the grace, salvation, the new covenant. And he went to heaven and he stands there as our advocate for us. So um, he can stand there beside his father and speak on our behalf so that these things can be accomplished. So we have him up there functioning as our lawyer and advocate to bring things to pass, to keep God's word living and, and uh, moving within the kingdom. And my Bible says, because I go to the Father. Mm -hmm. Because. And that, that puts the meaning because. of it. Because we can, because Father, he did, we can and do he it still does. He did. Yeah. And I think that the because. power that we have is not so much greater in that concept of being more powerful. Right. It's that we have a, a greater ability to do more, more um, miracles, considering that greatness, not yeah. the greatness of the power we have. Right. He's it's the, the great power, the numbers that we can but we serve. can do more, more, have more effect as far as 
Yes. Going out to people yes. individually or in groups. I think the, the thing that we can do is to apply it in our daily lives as we associate with others. And that's the great commission that we have. None of us are going to be TV evangelists or have well, I'm not planning on it. <laughs> or anything like that. But we can try to do our best yeah. in the associations we have with people and offering help and wisdom and insight, you know, and using the power of the Lord to try to influence others, you know. I think if nothing else, like you said, if you meet up with someone that has a Oh, excuse me, negative attitude. Your words can certainly turn their negativity oh, into a positive outlook, mm. more so than just let, you know, with laying on your hands. But the healing then comes from within him. If he turns his uh, thoughts into good thoughts and healthy thoughts, rather than the negative thoughts yeah. that we sometimes say, like I have a cold. The yeah. cold has me, is what I say. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, have a cold. I don't. I don't. Want I say there are cold symptoms yes. trying to attack <coughs> me, but I'm not having and it. And I'm not having yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I think that's what our power is too. That we just say, you know, you have to say positive things about your cold. <laughs> it's going to be over tomorrow. We're taking authority yes. over those yes. attacks. And remember, people can get attacks. locked into a pattern, a repeating pattern of depression and unhappiness. And if you can get them to come out of it for just a little while, sometimes they can have more hope. Exactly. You know, if you can break that spell. Right. Because that's what the devil is good at, at these spells that affect everybody's mind all the time, you know. The world tends to commiserate and sympathize and leave it at that. Or, you know, the phrases they say are worthless phrases that really do nothing to change anything. They have no true meaning in them. They're just worldly phrases. Whereas we can speak words of life. Mm-hmm. It's like words the, of life into that You see somebody situation. who's hungry, you say, eat and be well and fool and yeah. do nothing. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to, see, I just finished James and so that's kind of on my head. So, I mean, what good is it if you tell them eat and be full, you know? And they have nothing, you know. Sometimes it's got to be a little works tied in with your faith. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, so we're talking about renewing the mind. Mm-hmm. And we say know and truly believe. Uh, believe in your heart and speak out God's word. Uh, Jesus said whoever believes and is baptized will be saved and will have the same anointing power in and through his name. Now... How um, how specifically do we start to purposely renew our minds with the word? You have to dedicate time. It's a matter of dedication. Dedicate time. Mind over matter. Yeah, there you go. Takes that time. Takes it takes time. it takes a willful willful uh, effort. You have to make a decision. You're going to learn the word, you're going to study the word, you're going to get it into you. And one of the ways we do that is to meditate on the word. So I'm going to just give you a definition here. Meditate. Uh, The Hebrew is Hagah. And if you've been in Sandy Ziegler's classes, you know Hagah. H-A-G-A-H. Hagah. And it means to muse, 
speak, whisper, mutter audibly, murmur. To talk about, we can do that. To, to ponder and imagine or to make an image in our minds. Uh, Hagah is a primary Hebrew root word that also includes to meditate, moan, growl, utter, speak. So it's really expanded when you start looking at the Hebrew. There all these things going over and over. It may, in, in Hebrew, it may reflect the sighing and low sounds one may make while musing, the growl of lions, or the soft, sorrowful sounds of the mourning dove. We have, uh, we have, I've counted 45 mourning doves in our yard already at one time. Stood there and counted them up in the trees and on the deck and around the deck. Yeah, okay. We love our birds outside. We love the morning doves. They are so beautiful. But you know, they coo. And, and this, um, okay. I think this is probably kind of the origin of the meditation where they do um, um, and that's not as pretty as a morning dove <laughs> cooing and, and, and expressing itself so softly and beautifully. But, you know, this is how we're supposed to think of meditating on the Word of God. And it may include the idea <coughs> that mental exercise and planning often is accompanied by low talking. So as you're reading the scriptures, you can be there and softly repeat those scriptures to yourself. Just softly repeat them over and over to memorize them, to get them down into your mind, um, to talk about them, start personalize them. You know, it's like, okay, let me just look at this verse. Uh, chapter 14. Verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. So you can just look at that one verse and start meditating on it. Well, what does that mean for me? Well, I shouldn't allow myself to get upset. I should not be troubled. I shouldn't allow things to distress me because I have the faith. I have my belief in God and I stick with God and I trust in Him. I <coughs> rely on Him. I lean on Him. I adhere to all His precepts. And you can just start looking at that verse and applying it to yourself. So say, well, I am not going to allow my heart to be troubled, distressed, or agitated. I believe in I adhere to and trust in, and I rely on God. I lean on Him. I believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on Jesus. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my all in all. He is my foundation. He is the living Word living in me. And you could just start meditating like that. Just, just take one verse and just start going on and applying it to your own life. And Rod showed us a very nice way of getting into that mood. 
which is taking a deep breath and exhaling mm -hmm. and saying Jesus mm -hmm. in a whisper. And if you can start even practicing that kind of simple thing, then you'll get your mind in tune and, and be able to use his knowledge to help yourself. You know, a lot of times you just take a deep breath, just say, Jesus, Jesus help well, me. Well, if you just bring Jesus', Jesus help name to mind, yeah. even on any circumstance, it's amazing how much you revert to saying, you know what, this is not as bad as I'm thinking, and just keep mm -hmm. saying Jesus over the circumstance. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to say a prayer, but mention his name, and already you've gotten mm -hmm. calmer and, you know, a lot of times I'll just say, Jesus, help me. Yeah. And that takes my anxiety level down a yeah. notch or two. Yeah. And just, Jesus, help me. And, oh, Jesus, I know you're going to see me through this. Everything is going to be okay. You know, you're in control. I give this over to you. Jesus, you're my all in all. You're my everything. And you're always with me. And I know that things will be okay. But down at the uh, convention or the conference, we were waiting for buses, shuttle buses, to take us to Congress. And this was important con you know, meeting with congressmen. We had appointed times. However, our yeah. time yeah, was at 11.30, and the shuttle hadn't come, and it was 10 o'clock, and, you know, and some of us were very agitated. I, I didn't care, but that's okay. Right, but yeah. Some of the group were very, very agitated. They were jumping around and just screaming, not screaming, but, and here we are, a, can, you know, can, a group of uh, Christians, and all of a sudden someone said, we need to pray. And we gathered around in a circle and finally, you know, said a prayer. And we, within a couple of minutes, a bus pulled up and said, I'm, I'm ready to take you to the, you know, Congress, to the building, because it was a couple, you know, a mile or so away. And I thought then, I said, you know what, it only took, it, we, there we were, the frustration level was high, it was hot, and we had these appointments that we needed to be there because we had different topics that we needed to talk to the mm -hmm. Congress about, yet we got it. A couple of us got, ag I didn't, but a couple got agitated and frustrated mm -hmm. about the fact that the convenience wasn't there that they wanted. You know? mm -hmm. And I thought, boy, and finally somebody said, we need to pray. <laughs> yeah. Right. Whoever yeah. it was, it was a genius because That's all you had to do was so pray. So we got God in a prayer circle it. and, you know, we just prayed mm -hmm. because we knew the devil was probably doing something to our minds and mm -hmm. probably to disrupt the, the flow of events as yeah. it was. And it was amazing. Within a couple minutes, the bus came around, and he said, "I'll take you now, those that have the 11:30 appointments." Because once you got into the Congress, but you had, you know, go through security, and you had to walk and walk and walk and walk to get to the offices. So we knew the time was, you know, limited. And if we weren't there on time, we would have been. Well, know. I know exactly how you feel because when I worked at the hospital, four of us managers were sent to Harrisburg. <coughs> for, for uh, health care day mm -hmm. to meet with legislatures uh, concerning, concerning health care yeah. issues. And each one of us had certain points that we wanted to make about legislation. Right. And um, in the state of health care. And okay, so first of all, you get down there and you're overwhelmed. Anyway, yeah. Overwhelmed, okay. <laughs> Meeting with these people and having this responsibility 
on you to make points that uh, can truly affect health care for your patients, can affect your job, can affect the payment for the hospital. I had payment issues to talk about, reimbursement issues. And uh, so you have all this on you and you get down there and it's overwhelming, you know, all these big buildings and all these important people. And you get in there and there's all these offices and you're not familiar with the buildings and you have a general idea of where you're to go, but it's a lot of anxiety and pressure on you and you've got to get to that man's, in that case it was, we had men, as uh, representatives and get there on time because they're extremely busy. All these other people from other hospitals are all lined up. You have your times to meet with them. You got to get in there and get your job done. But and, I, you uh, know, I just thought it was a little, you know, here we are, the Christians United for Israel. Yeah. And we're standing there in a frustrated state and, you know, yeah, and especially if you didn't. Now, see, we had a, a car, and so well, we did manage to get there on time, but, we you know. We were relying on the, you know. But you were relying on a shuttle, so that's yes. an even, you yeah. know, another stress. So we were, yeah, and it was, you know, they, why isn't this on time? Why, you know that these people were, should want to be seen at a certain time. And I just thought, I really, I said, you know what, I'm not concerned. It's, you know, I'm not in control. I kept saying, you're one I'm of not many. in control. Yeah, and you're one of many. Yes, I'm not in control, and... Finally, you know, and we all got there safely and sound. So God was in control. That's what I said. God was in control. And once we laid hold of that, it went. It was finally, you know, settled, and everything was working. But it was, it was definitely. We figured the end. Yeah, that's a definitely trying to. That's a Jesus help me situation. Exactly. Jesus help us. Get us there. I mean. It was just, it was bizarre because we kept crossing the street to go on this side for the bus and then back here for this bus. And most of the people there had buses already assigned to them because they were a church group. So they had a huge bus that took them. And all of a sudden we'd see these buses leaving and it wasn't the shuttle buses for us. Uh-oh. <laughs> that made it work. But anyway, it worked out, so. Well, it's good to have um, some things like that that can put you in a proper frame yes. of mind. And it's the meditation of these verses and applying them to yourself. Yes. That starts to build that up in you, that you you know that you can go on these precepts of the faith and uh, help that uh, high-level anxiety. Or it'll give you the words that you need to talk to others. Right. Um, now, meditation is not simply thinking about it for an extended period of time. Meditating the word is speaking it and hearing it with your own voice into your ears, which increases the success of sinking and rooting the word into your heart. And there were studies done where uh, they found that uh, when you speak it out loud and hear it with your own ears, that you have a higher percentage of retaining what you hear through your own ears, even above and beyond hearing from someone else that you respect. Right. But speaking it out loud and hearing it yourself in your own voice uh, increases your chance of success right. with that. Uh, meditation of the word releases the power of the word. When we study God's word, we can ponder, mull over, and chew on what we studied as we go about the business of daily living. So if you're washing dishes or 
cleaning off the deck, sweeping off the deck, uh, weeding, weeding the, the flower beds. That's a good time to talk with God and meditate on His Word and, you know, quote these things back to yourself. And, you know, so if someone thinks you're a little bit crazy weeding and talking to God out loud and speaking the words, but that's okay. Right. Where we should be. Now, uh, Dr. Timothy Keller said, meditation is spiritually digesting the scripture, applying it, thinking out how it affects you, describes you, and guides you in the most practical way. Now, the Dake Reference Bible says, this is the secret of obedience which in turn is the secret of success. Huh. Meditate on that. <laughs> it is a secret of obedience and a secret of success. <clears throat> now the phrase twice spoken means spoken by God and spoken by me. The same words of God spoken by man are divine and human working together. They are alive and active. They are the power of God activated by man. Oh. So if there's anything you take away, right there it is. The power of God is there. We need to activate it ourselves by speaking it out. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. And we're going to do verses 20 through 23. <laughs> so this talks a little bit about meditating. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light, and the corrections of discipline are the way to life. Okay. Amen. That's really good. And the Amplified says, keep your father's God-given commandment. The God-given commandment. That's what we're looking for. <coughs> so we speak the words of God. We keep them in our conscience. Uh, last week we mentioned about the tefillin, which are the uh, leather prophylactories, phylacteries that uh, the Jews... Uh, they put the, the box with the scripture inside it, wrap that around the, the forehead, which is on the mind, and then they wrap it down around their arm. And, you know, the arm is the action. That's the right hand of covenant. And it keep, all, keep God's word wrapped around. And um, so they did a, a beyond the, the verbal meditation, they also put a physical reminder on their body on the flesh so that the flesh lines up with the word of God <clears throat> so that's this this uh, 
you know, that this refers back to that Jewish practice of, you know, uh, bind them and tie them. Exactly. Right there, the phylacteries. See, my Bible was a thing about this being, this verse 23, about the lamp and the teaching as a light. And it talks about how this is the illumination of God's word. It's the revealing of the word. And it said this vital step is the divine process where God causes the written revelation to be understood by the human heart. And this is necessary for both unsaved, uh, unsaved people uh, because the Holy Spirit is part of that, is that illumination. But we need it to help us fully understand the marvelous message in God's Word. So I think it's, it's fascinating that this section is all talking about being the light of the Word, and illuminating. And the light overcomes the darkness. So your words can overcome the darkness of a situation. We just uh, slip to the next chapter of Proverbs 7, verses 1 through 4, and this continues with that idea that we just read. My son, keep my words, lay up within you my commandments, for you for use when needed and treasure them. Keep my commandments and live and keep my law and teaching as the, as the apple, the pupil of your eye. Find them on your fingers, write them on, a, on the tablet of your heart. So say to skillful and godly wisdom, you are my sister, and regard understanding or insight as you imitate friend. Okay. So lay them up in your heart. Treasure them. I mean, they are precious pearls, greater than any gold, silver, pearls, or gemstones. They're precious treasures. Keep them. Live them. And <clears throat> write them on your hearts. And consider them as your intimate friends. Okay. The um, NIV also says say to wisdom you are my sister and call understanding your kinsman i have intimate friend intimate friend okay kinsman but kinsman you know that's that kinsman redeemer which goes back to jesus who is our kinsman redeemer and the whole book of ruth fell uh was centered around that kins uh, kinsman redeemer concept where Boaz was the kinsman redeemer and he was a foreshadow of Jesus for us. So isn't it amazing some of these words, how they all circle around to other verses that you wouldn't even think would be related. It's just awesome. Okay, now go to Hebrews. For wisdom is better than rules. I love that. Thank you guys came up with the cookies? No. With the teas, three teas that he brews. Yeah, that he brews. Yeah. OK. 
Okay, Hebrews uh, chapter 10. Okay, verse uh, 15 and 16. you want to do that Taylor then 10 verse 15 and 16 and the help and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days says the Lord I will put my laws upon their heart and upon their mind I will write them okay and then add verse 23 let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Okay. Jill, I'd like you to read that in the Amplified, and then uh, Ryan, do the NIV. Because, All three verses? Uh, yeah, because the wording is very different, but each, each translation has a lot to add to it. And also the Holy Spirit adds his testimony to us in confirmation of this. For having said, this is the agreement, testament, covenant, that I will set up and conclude with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their hearts, and I will inscribe them on their minds, on their inmost thoughts and understanding. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Okay. So I, I really like like the way that seize the yeah. confirmation. Yes, seize it. You know hold fast. hold fast, retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and acknowledge. I mean, you know, you're adding a lot of powerful words there by that translation. And then the NIV. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Yeah. So we profess that hope through our words. He who promised. And let them be in our hearts and bubble up out through our mouths. God gave us a conscience. Do not waver and keep on saying the words of God. <clears throat> okay. So I think that's a good place to stop. And uh, next week I have a lot of Old Testament verses that will build on that. <clears throat>